Mira. I'm awake for much longer than I pretend not to be. I stare at the wall, feel eyes on me, listen to the steady whooshing of our short, miserable trip coming closer to an end with each mile. Persephone, I say eventually without turning. Yes, she responds from just above me. How are you? I'm okay. No abdominal pain? No. Good. She doesn't say anything else. I wait for the inevitable, as certain of what's about to come next as someone who's just thrown a toaster into their bathtub. Hey, Hera? Rhea, what a shock. Pun not intended. Hera, I have to talk to you about something. Just say it, Rhea. I think we should step into the engine car, she says. Annoyed, I turn over, saying, what? But then... I see that I have been sleeping through quite the party. Rhea is sitting on the bottom bunk across from me. Rosalind sits in one corner with Talk, Shar in the other. Clark is on the bed above Rhea. Persephone is indeed above me, and they are all staring at me. My stomach churns with something like stage fright as I remember the most recent time I was the last to learn something. Fine, I say, getting up quickly, too quickly. Shar leaps up, catches me as I wobble. Sorry, you might be feeling a little woozy. Rhea runs a hand through her hair, guilty. You've been out for a while? Well, I don't get any sleep unless someone drugs me. Ha <laughs> ha. Rhea forces, uncertain. No doubt also remembering a few months ago when she was the one rescuing me from Apollo. I was so relieved to see her. Looking to my right, I see there is no other car behind us. I had to ditch it for fuel reasons. There was also a random frozen dead guy in there. <laughs> okay, then, she says in my silence, like we've just agreed to get pizza. She shuffles to the only door that doesn't double as an escape hatch. She pushes it open, stands in the cold for a second before tapping on the engine car. Eros shimmies past her silently, then me. He keeps his eyes on the tracks rushing by, for one kind of safety or another. We step into the tiny space. She closes the door behind me. There's just a beat of silence before Rhea can't take it anymore. Apollo is dead. The hardest part is acting surprised. I let my head bob once, twice. I'm nodding. I'm taking it in. It is strange to hear. I'm so, so... No, I say before she can apologize. I don't want that. I'm not. I tell her, and I swear there's a light behind her eyes like I just coughed up lungs full of salt water. Like my dripping, drowning body has been pulled from a tumultuous sea. She reaches out, wraps her arms around me. But I expelled Apollo from myself hours and miles ago. Back on the train, after Rhea told me about Eros and then ran off, I was watching Apollo struggling to breathe and wondering what would happen if he somehow made it out of this. He'd implicate Eros, who Rebecca would have to cover for, and the veins of rage and injustice would just run deeper and deeper, carrying something thicker and darker to all of us. But then there were worse, far more likely fates. He would never fully recover. He would be part vegetable forever, 
or he'd get some motor skills back but never be functional. He'd need someone to take care of him, feed him, bathe him, wipe his ass. It would be me, because somehow it is always me. I'd spend most of my time babying Rhea, the rest of it with Apollo. I'd have no time for myself, which I realized wouldn't be all that different from now. I transferred the sudden weight of how simultaneously boring and exhausting my life was to a pillow held over his face. And then I just waited. My story with Apollo closes then with an unexpected act of kindness. To myself. A little to him as well, but mostly unabashedly for myself and the new life I'm going to live. What are you feeling? Rhea asks, her voice still in my ear. How long until we're home? This question surprises her. She releases me. Oh, uh, maybe ten hours. Okay. When we get there, I begin holding one of her hands in mine, loosely, almost formally. I'm moving out. Clark. I linger in the doorway to Rhea's room, backpack and shoes still on. I watch her walk towards the bed, expect her to throw herself down on it and pat the space next to her until I do the same, like always. But she doesn't. At the last second she careens away from the wrinkled sheets and strewn blankets and moves to a corner chair. She shoves a few scratched vinyls out the way, sits down, brings her knees close to her chest. I know I should ask if she wants to talk about it, and then proceed to talk, well, mainly just listen, but all I want to do is leave. I've spent the past ten hours sitting in total silence, yet only three feet from everyone. Then, of course, we get swamped by security and press, and the second we get home, I just want to be alone. I think I'm going to... Don't, please, I can't just... Wait for her to leave. Alone at least. Uh, stay. Talk about anything. Alright. Eros. Oh, wow. Okay. I walked into that. You did. Can you just take off your shoes so I know you're not going to just... take off? I undo one shoelace. Start talking, I say. I had sex with him. Why? Does it matter? It's all just excuses. I take off my right shoe. It matters. I just needed to feel like myself, and I couldn't figure out how to do that on my own. She stands, takes an uncertain step towards me. I don't want that person anymore. I don't let my guard down. Yet. You're done with him. No. No, I mean me. Um, I want to be different. Not what I wanted to hear, I think. I'll give away nothing. Take off another shoe as payment. I need to change. I want to help. I say, starting to feel small. 
I don't want your help, Clark. Oh, you think Eros will... No, no, I don't want anyone else's help. I feel so much all the time. I love that about you. Me too, but I need to learn about everyone else's feelings. And I can't do that if you just forgive me. You do realize you are doing the exact thing you want to stop. You're allowing your feelings to dominate this whole situation to the point of trying to make me... What? Mad at you? Because it suits you. You are mad at me. I am now. I bend over, gather my shoes, feel the rage and hurt and disappointment bubble to the surface. And there's something you should know about Eros. I do know. This stops me. He killed Apollo. It really speaks to the absurdity of the situation that murdering his chaperone in a fit of rage is not the most immoral thing Eros has done in the last few days. That I know Eros deceiving Rhea will hurt her more than knowing he's a killer. I open my mouth to tell her, but stop when I realise. It doesn't matter. It doesn't fucking matter. She wants to make her own decisions. She doesn't want my help. Fine. She'll figure this out on her own. Glad you know everything, then. Is all I say, leaving before I even put on my shoes. Is everything okay? Tox says when I join him downstairs. Yeah. You want to stay until Hera leaves? She... There's a ton of security inside. They can... I got it. Eros says, entering the living room. Fantastic. I say, patting him on the shoulder as I head for the door. It's a madhouse out here. I say to talk as we step outside. The block is packed with security and hungry journalists. Rebecca is right. Something is coming. Rebecca is a lunatic. Yeah, sides for someone who claims to know so much about everything, she did miss the blind guy hiding a bag of files on her train. What? I say, stopping and turning towards him. He smirks and pushes his sunglasses up his nose. Who are you working for? I ask, feeling a little frightened here in broad daylight. Unimportant. Why Apollo? Also, unimportant. What is fucking important? You. And Rhea, Sharp, Persephone, Eros, I think it's time you all stop letting someone else make decisions for you. He throws an arm around my shoulder. If you're done with your girl troubles, there's a lot I'd like to talk about with you. Oh, I'm done alright. Raya, I still feel Clark all over me. I can't just let him walk away. I need to chase him, tell him he deserves better and more than me. I can't let that look of pain linger in his eyes, but I don't know how to take it away without giving him hope that we are just seconds away from fixing whatever this is. 
Because we're not where... Hey. Hey. Eros and I just stare at each other. He leans in the doorway, shoulders slumped. I know we've barely been out of each other's sight for the last three days, but somehow, seeing him back here in this room where we spent countless hours... I mean, it feels like I'm really looking at him for the first time since... since Iris died. The silence between us is louder than the swarm of people outside. Or Hera packing. My gut twists unexpectedly, and I feel tired and scared and sad, homesick despite finally being home after everything. My breath hitches like I might cry, but he rushes to me, hugs me, kisses a spot on my temple, lets his lips linger there for just a second, not romantic so much as medicinal. My senses binge drink him in, inhaling his scent, listening for the sound of his heartbeat, staring at the place at the base of his neck where his curls used to tangle. If I want, I could taste him on my lips, but for the first time since we were 12 and I dared him to kiss me, I don't want, nor do I have an appetite for the salt-tinged spot on his neck or the scratch on his cheek or, yeah, his earlobes. There's no sweet part of him that will not turn to poison in my mouth. There's a bang from Hera's room as she slams a drawer. What can I do? He whispers. You should just go, I say, without pushing myself out of his arms yet. But I thought things were going to be different now. They are, I say, at last untangling myself from him. Char. The thin, mint-green summons crumples in my fist as I hit the elevator button, slump up against the wall and wait for the doors to close, but a thin hand slides between them. Sharon? Rebecca chirps. She snaps her wrist at a few armed guards just a few feet behind her. We need a moment. But you asked us to accompany you to your meeting. One of the men croaks. I believe the stairs are working just fine. Huffing, the guards back away. The door shuts. I nod to a file under her arm. That your letter of resignation? No, not today. She says, smiling. So you've got more security than before. Now she stiffens a little. Well, none of you may be listening to me, but I do promise you. Things are not as safe as they seem. You know you kidnapped us, right? She raises her eyebrows in fake confusion. I was taking you all on a trip before you snapped and took control of the train. Some kind of extreme group anxiety. Yeah, I heard what Truman and Ford said on the record. Where are they now? They're in recovery, seeing as they were suffering from frostbite and hypothermia. They won't be seen in public for some time. Uh-huh. And I assume the same is true for Orsino. She doesn't even blink. I haven't seen Detective Orsino Blue in months. Wow. Friendship doesn't mean anything to you, does it? I just don't have space in my life for anything useless. Or anyone. Yeah. 
I say, finally sticking the piece of paper in my hand in her face. I got that. I know. Such a shame. wonder what it's about, she says, smiling. I look down, smooth it against my leg. She knows exactly what it's about. She's fucking mentioned in it. It's from the Reproductive Investigative Bureau asking me to, to a hearing about the state of my viability. I've never heard of a man under 30 receiving one. It's like I'm about to get fired, but for my whole life. Should have listened to me. Oh yeah, keep having you stick me with needles while everyone died outside. Super plan. I didn't even drop dead or whatever like you said I would. I was just trying to keep you all safe. Yeah, and I was trying to help my friends. Where are your friends now? I wanted to do this on my own. Hmm. She says as the doors finally slide open to her waiting SWAT team. This is my floor. You aren't coming? I have something much more important to take care of. Sharon? What? Do be careful. I cross my arms, make myself big until the doors slide and I'm alone again. I wilt. It's just that I don't know what'll happen to me. They won't let me stay at my house, I- Shar! Rhea skids to a halt outside the elevator doors. There's a small pack of security behind her. I'm not sure if they're all there to compensate for Hera's absence, or if they've divided my old detail up amongst everyone else already. Come on! Her team is hot on her heels as she runs down the hall. I walk slowly behind them all, heading in the same direction. She jets into a room, security following her like ants. One by one until she spins them around, pushes each out. There isn't enough room! I haven't even bothered to hide my green slip, but she's so deliriously happy she hasn't noticed. Except for you. Come on, man. I'm not in a rush to get where I'm going. What's a few minutes when the world is ending anyway? I drag my feet towards the dark door, looking like the mouth of some cave with all the guys in black clogged around the front. Excuse, but I stop the second I see what's inside. Get your ass in here, Char, Persephone says from the doctor's table she's lying on. Her stomach shines in the silvery glow from the screen in front of her. On it, an ultrasound. On it is the ghostly shape of something no one has seen in a few decades. It's okay, I breathe. Yeah, Persephone smiles, a real happy smile. What's this? Rhea says, finally noticing the slip in my hand, a split second before she grabs it. I let her take it. Turn, whisper, can't say I didn't try. And then I shrug because it really doesn't fucking matter, does it? Fuck it, no more secrets. Hey, it's rude to whisper. Come over here and enjoy this thing I saved, Persephone says, with your help. I turn to her, actually smiling myself. Did we now? I say, before Persephone replies. I'm being nice in front of the- Baby, I say confidently looking at the little person on the screen for the first time. Persephone. You can just make out their head and little body pulsing like a shadow puppet across the screen. Its hands are up by their face, the tiny slope of their nose, a persistent, relentless flicker at their center, the arrogance of a heartbeat. I don't even realize I'm smiling. You're crying, Char whispers almost laughing, dropping into a squat beside me. No, you're crying. We're sweating. From our eyes? Yeah, he confirms. Rhea is in the corner, 
reading something, of course. Now, as the miracle of life unfolds in front of us, she, excuse me, the technician clears her throat, trembles in my presence. Would you like to know the sex? Is it going to be everywhere in an hour anyway? I say. That means she does. Rhea pipes in, folding up the piece of paper and stuffing it in her pocket. She crosses to my other side, attempts to squat like Char. I can't do that as comfortably, she mumbles. Pretend it's leg day, he responds. Guys! They snap to attention. Rhea grabs my hand in both of hers, pats it. We all turn back to the tech. Well? It's a girl. Leave. Persephone, Rhea starts. Please, I amend. The tech gathers her stuff, hands the wand to Rhea, and quickly exits. As soon as we're alone, it's a girl. I gasp, as excited as I am terrified. Of course she is. Which of any man in our life could have made it through all that? Rhea says. Zero, Shar confirms. And staring at her up there, framed in a screen, endless amounts of tubes and vials and tests and disappointment all within a tiny arm's reach, I say, it's, um, it's just really hard. It's going to be really fucking hard for her. She's going to be a stone cold bitch, Rhea says, laughs. She's going to learn from the best. True. Tell Eros I have a name. She hesitates like she wants to say something more, but just goes with it. Okay. What is it? Shar asks. I swivel my head to him, speak like it's the most obvious thing in the world. Persephone. He bursts out laughing. Rhea joins him. I do not. Oh, you're serious? He says, well, I love it. Mary Shelley was named after Mary Wo- No, no, I interrupt Rhea. Do not make this whatever you were about to. Fine, she relents. One of Rhea's guards pops into the room. Rhea, you have a meeting. I need two minutes. It isn't optional. Rhea opens her mouth to protest. You can go, we've got several more months to celebrate me. And the second Persephone. <laughs> oh, does the sound of that terrify me? Rhea, now. Her guard interrupts her. Certainly no Hera, I almost say, but I don't. In the past few days since we've returned, Rhea has avoided almost all mention of her sister. She looks at me, unsure of how to say goodbye. Cautiously, I raise an open hand. She high-fives it, then leaves, all of her detail following. Only my guys and the tech are outside now. Can I come back in? The tech asks. Find someone to grab me a cup of tea? I say, politely as possible, before turning back to Char. Where is your team? I ask him. I, uh... Don't need one anymore. What? That's ridiculous. I'm getting removed from the program. 
What? Why? I'm no longer viable, I guess. What? That's impossible, Rebecca. Yeah, she knows. He lets that hang there. We both know what it means. I've come to terms with a lot of it, just not... I'm scared. I, I don't know what's going to happen to me. I watch him, beautiful face struggling to contain his worry. I don't want to get into it. This is about you and her. He forces a smile. Hmm. That... That is the right attitude. Well, I allow. I think if I wanted, I could have any chaperone I chose. Shar raises an eyebrow. A fit guard enters, presents me with a cup of tea. He bends over, hands it to me. I lean in close. Excuse me. If you wouldn't mind, would you get Shar a cup as well? He'll be staying for a while. Of course, he says, stepping towards the door. Hurry back, I croon. Even in the dim light, I can see the guard blushing. I still fucking got it. Raya. What are you doing? I ask as I sit. Rebecca looms by the one large window in her office. Outside, you can see photographers milling around, waiting by Persephone's car. Hmm. Funny how they spend hours out there waiting for one meaningless photo. She looks up at me, smiles. When you, Raya, Get treated to the greatest image of all time, just in passing. Yeah, I respond. The baby is definitely beautiful. I say, not offering her the sexer name. It's all tremendously exciting, isn't it? We need to talk about Char, I say, taking the green slip from my pocket. Ah, uh, he told you. Whatever issue you have with him, it's not worth this, okay? He's still one of us. He's essentially non-viable. The human race is essentially non-viable. Fix it. Our resources are limited. I huff. Well, the public knows you lost Apollo. Real cool fake suicide, by the way. How's it gonna look when you lose Char? It's going to look like I make big bets and they pay off. Oh, is that what you call last week? She just stares at me, a smile playing across her lips. I won't cop with anyone else. Not until you help Char. No. I don't think you will. W what? It's really admirable how much you're willing to do for these boys... When Iris was found dead in bed with your boyfriend, you gave him an alibi. That isn't how it... When you and I first met, well, met again, you spent countless amounts of energy trying to comfort your new friend, Clark. Because, and now, 
You're making Shar your mission. It's all very sweet. They're my friends. They would do the same exact thing for me. Which is why, I mean, I'm sure they've told you about the plan. I just stare at her. My obvious confusion causes her to break out into an all-out grin. I don't give her the satisfaction of a question. I know Char knows. I'm not quite sure how, but I have an idea. I can't be sure he told everyone else, but I mean, because they're all such good friends, I'm sure that you, Eros, Clark, Char, and Persephone are all planning some kind of mission, you know, trying to stop it. Stop what? I can't keep from asking. The next logical step. You know what the definition of insanity is, Rhea? I feel like it'll be me any second. Huh, huh, no. It's doing the same thing and getting the same results every time, over and over again. She stands, crosses to her desk, grabs a file off of it, holds it close to her chest. Look, we've spent eight years trying one way. It isn't too late to try another. You're only 23. You could have a very long alternative life. You wouldn't like it, but hey, after a short time with the proper medication, you wouldn't even know what was happening. You're going to isolate me? Put, put me in what? Like a medically induced coma? No, not a coma. Stupor, maybe. You would be inseminated, which is great because I know how much you hate the emotional complications of mandatory interunit copulation. She pauses as if struck by an idea. Huh, maybe that's why none of your boys have spoken to you. Maybe they think this is exactly the kind of thing you've been asking for. Does Hera know? Rebecca shrugs. She doesn't need to. Not your chaperone anymore, right? Salt. Wound. Have you been to her new place? I hear it's, um, cozy. But, I mean, it must be nice to have something to herself. I don't respond, but I haven't even spoken to her since we got back. She left an address, but I know not to go there. So, when does it start? I whisper. Well, see, here's where I get really generous, if you don't mind. When I carried you, I thought it would be easy. No drinking, no smoking, limited sex, nine months until I got back to my own life. Sense of purpose renewed. Of course, then I didn't know they'd banish me, but still, I wasn't expecting to become so attached to you. Feeling you every day. As you became stronger, so did I. I realized 
how powerful I was. It changed me forever, made me realize no matter what failures they hold against me, no matter how much force anyone else attempted to crush me with, I was carrying you. Why are you telling me any of this? Because as much as you and I disagree, I was the first temple that housed you, the first god you prayed to, hands clasped with each breath. She holds her hands together near her thin face, like Persephone's baby on the screen. It was such an incredible experience that even I would not want to rob you of it, for the next nine months at least. Now she throws the folder at me, impossibly slowly. I catch it, open it. It's all numbers and words I've never read. What does... Rhea, you're pregnant. No, I'm, no, I'm not, is all I say because it is the only logical thing to say. Very early days, but yes, a success. Now, of course... You aren't going to go back to your old life. You will be on some form of lockdown. That seems especially necessary after your most recent antics. But I promise you, you will be conscious. I, I think I'm going to throw up. I mumble, lips quivering, hands shaking. That is more like it she says. Now, Rhea, since the days are so early and your body can be unpredictable, we need to keep this a secret, okay? Until monitoring in our new facility indicates you're more stable. I place the file in my lap, pour over it, dig my fingers into my hair as I search frantically for the mistake. It can't. I, I, I can't. I feel Rebecca looming over me. She drops to her knees, places her slender fingers on my arm. Rhea, of course. Of course you can. You and I were always going to share this moment. And then she leans forward, kisses my forehead, her lips ice on my hot skin. I exhale. I shove the file at her. The pages scatter and I jump up. She falls backwards as I leap to the window. I throw it open. Rhea, what are you? Don't fucking move. I hiss. One of the photographers below jostles his neighbor. They turn to me as I lean out the window one by one and then all at once like a wave of lenses and eyes. Rhea, do not do anything stupid. You're about to change the world. Oh. I almost laugh. I know. I turn back to the press, announce, I have had a success with Sharon. They nearly drop their cameras as they break into applause. Thank you, thank you. I finish, grinning and summoning up tears from somewhere close to the surface. The clapping continues. Some begin hugging one another, openly crying themselves. I turn back to Rebecca, who is now just a few steps behind me. Rebecca... 
You are no longer in control of this narrative. I'm not going anywhere, and neither is Char. She folds her arms, nods, then steps to her desk. Silently picks up a device there. She offers it to me. Well, I'm sure you'll want to tell them before they find out from an alert. I stare at her, the grandeur of my reversal starting to wane as something overwhelming creeps up into my throat, choking me from within. You do know whose it actually is, right? I, I do. I do. The answer to that question coming to me as easily as a leaf fluttering unheardly to the ground. Yeah, I do. I leave Rebecca chasing after me as my security encloses me in a storm cloud of black. The car ride is longer because of the throng of tear-stained crowds mobbing the windows. I know Eros and I know Clark will have heard by now, but I still need to get there. We can't stop. We can't slow down. I ask my driver to go as quickly as possible. I need to get there. Need to say the words. We press through the streets. Pockets of people run from their concrete blocks to blow kisses to the car. I barely notice them. My heart tightens with my hands grip on my knees. Here, I yell, even though my driver knows. He slows down and I bolt from the car. The security detail is just behind me. They try and beat me to the door, but I'm too fast, too excited, scared, and nervous. I know how we left things. I know where we stand, but everything is different now. I can't do this alone. I bang on the door once, twice, and then that face, that fucking gorgeous face appears, surprised and maybe even annoyed, like always. I'm pregnant, we are, it's yours, I tell Hera all in one breath. Look, Hera, I complain so much about the way everything is, but I don't tell you enough how lucky I am to have you, how lucky anyone would be to have you, this baby would be to have you. It was always gonna be yours. They are always gonna be yours, if you want them. Ours, she says quietly, tears gathering quickly in her eyes. She pulls me into a hug. Ours, I repeat. 